0: So here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. Can you taste without swallowing? Yeah, I spit all the time. I feel like I never register anything until, like, I swallow.
1: The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey. And by Mick Durst.
2: With one foot in the real world and the other in a charmed dimension of his own making, Amos Lee creates the rare kind of music that's emotionally raw yet touched with a certain magical quality. On his eighth album, Dreamland, the Philadelphia-born singer-songwriter intimately documents his real-world struggles, alienation, anxiety, loneliness, and despair, an outpouring born from deliberate and often painful self-examination. Today on The Fred Minnick Show, Amos Lee and I talk about mental health, his new album, Dreamland, and a whole lot in between. What was scheduled to be a 45-minute chat turned into a lengthy, nearly two-hour conversation that could have very well solved the world problems. Perhaps it was what was in the glass. This was Amos' first drink of bourbon in a decade. Now, he wasn't sober, but you'll learn why he couldn't drink whiskey here in a minute. I reintroduced him to bourbon with a sip of Michter's 10-year-old, taught him how to taste again and the rest of the whiskey was blind. Here are the glasses. Get your pen, especially if you want to taste along. Glass A was an Angel's Envy Rye. Glass B was Liberty Pole Corn Whiskey. And Glass C was Larceny Barrel Proof C921. Those whiskeys and the mixers brought forth a lot of great conversation. So grab a glass and sip along with us. I'm Fred Minnick. Cheers.
1: People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado Whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey. Unlike any other, passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Live fast, drink responsible.
2: I'm Martin Cove, Sensei John Creese from the Cobra Kai TV series and the Karate Kid Trilogy. And I'm hosting a new podcast, Kicking It with the Codes, with my own kids, Rachel and Jesse Cove. We're gonna be talking about life, our family. We're gonna have some amazing guests on this show, and we're also just gonna let you in on our lives a little bit. The Cove family. Listen to <laughs> Kicking It with the Codes. At Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. Do you have a problem with that?
3: No, Sensei! Sensei.
2: I mean, Dad. Hi there, and welcome to The Inevitable. This is our new podcast where we're talking about the future of the car. This means everything from electrified vehicles to cars that drive themselves. Where are we going and how will we get
0: there? I'm Johnny Lieberman from Motor Trend, joined by... Ed Lowe. And we are going to talk to some amazing guests. We have Reggie Watts. We have Sung Kang. We have James Marsden.
2: We have Spike Ferriston, Kristen Lee, Derek Jenkins, a whole bunch of actors, celebrities, car crazy folks, people from in and outside the industry. It's going to be great. And you can find it on podcastone.com or anywhere you find you listen to your favorite podcast. We're also doing a video series as well. That's on motortrend.com
0: slash the inevitable or on youtube.com motortrend. Come join us.
3: At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Mictors.com or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery, it's all about the whiskey.
2: And joining the Fred Minnick Show, Amos Lee booked you in uh, Bourbon and Beyond 2017, the inaugural one. How you doing, man? You doing all right?
0: Feeling, feeling good, feeling great, Fred
2: today is a very very special day uh, it is the drop of your eighth album dreamland what's what's it been like what what's what do you do on an album drop date is there do you have like a routine are you nervous what's it like
0: so when I was younger which I think both of us can relate to that yeah. statement <laughs> um, <laughs> when I was younger it was it was busier, you know, like back in the day when I would release a record, you'd almost always be on tour or you would have a TV lined up or you'd be going to play like I'm old enough that we played at tower records on release days. So, I mean, nowadays it's like the record's been half out already for like a week or two weeks or whatever. So I am, I'm a creature of routine. I do basically the same thing every single day. Mm-hmm. so it wasn't that different i did a couple things online um i got some amazing texts from like my mom and my friends and my dad and all that stuff who are just like the most supportive people me i'm just like yeah whatever i'm old i'm washed up Who gives a shit no one cares anymore
2: <laughs> whatever i mean worry no more hit number six on the billboards you know i mean that's uh yeah. that's a that's a great song and i gotta tell you too like uh the 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 line in there uh we're in a more uh there's an open door for you man that like you know music music is meant to like help people um and and i heard that at a time when i really needed to hear it you know i am uh i'm um you know you're very open about battling depression and your anxiety i am too uh i mean i'm an iraq vet and i've i've Mm. fought through the trenches you know to have a normal life again uh, through ptsd and and I, some of that's resurfaced in the last in the last six months and and you know when i heard those lyrics um it w- even before we started talking about like uh getting you on the podcast i mean that kind of became like an inspiration for me you know so that's that's what that song personally meant to me
0: that's awesome man and uh i mean I've I've at, you know I've done some stuff in the past with Wounded Warriors and That's I've awesome. been to Walter Reed. Um, I actually played at Walter Reed in 2008, and uh, wow. man, that was one of the heaviest experiences of my life. Yeah. I actually met a and you're in Kentucky, right? That's right. Yep, I met a kid from Kentucky there who was with his mom, and I mean he was not doing well, you know, he was really not doing well and his mom was with him in his rehab, it was the rehabilitation center, there's like a rehab room there and uh, I went and I wrote a song for him and just the whole experience, it's on my Mission Bell album, it's called Out of the Cold and uh, Uh you know, I think about that experience a lot. Yeah, if you want to go back and listen to it, maybe you'll dig it or not but um, I have such like, my dad's a marine. A lot of my family tried to get into the military, but they were rejected, (laughs) which is, I don't know why that's funny to me, but it is. I mean, there's Um, a,
2: when people normally get rejected from the military, there's usually like, you know, there's something there because they take most of us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely there. So... Yeah, man, I get it, dude. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm really glad that that song has, has, um, has touched you in, in that way. And I appreciate you. you. I appreciate you for all you've done and that you're fighting through and that you're having me on and just that you're kicking ass. So, thank you.
2: Well, I appreciate that. And, and you know what? A technique that helped me find my career uh, was mindfulness. And um, that's how I became a professional taster was when I was in therapy. And I, I was introduced to taste mindfulness uh, and my cognitive behavioral therapy process and, and it really flipped a switch for me and it helped me like connect things with my palate and uh, I'd always had kind of a gift of smelling and, and I was able to uh, piece those two things together and, uh, and I became a taster. And, and so the tasting that we'll do here today, it's blind, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you how to taste uh, first. On, uh, on the Michter's bottle that I sent you, the, the 10-year-old there. And yeah. uh, you had told me before we went on air, it's been about a decade since you've had bourbon.
0: Yeah, and I, I love bourbon. I love bourbon, I love rye, I love scotch. But I, got, I had in 2013 or something like that, I had this like really bad case of GERD. And I don't know if you ever had like reflux shit. Again, I'm old. So, and also I sing. So, all that shit gets weird. And uh, I just couldn't drink whiskey for like two years. And so, I just kind of slid away from it for a while and drank other stuff. But now I'm like, I'm good. So, I've sort of fixed that problem. I don't know how I did it, but I, I did somehow. So... But I'm excited, man. Yeah, this was like I—I I was actually gonna buy a bottle of bourbon like three months ago, and then I got an email saying that I might come on this podcast, and I listened to it. And I was like, Nah, I'm fucking waiting. I'm just yeah. gonna wait. Am I allowed to? Am I allowed to curse on here? And we okay, fucking—we cuss
2: a lot. Like, and okay, I have—and okay. I have no idea why cussing is such a bad thing. You know?
0: It's. it's it's just weird, but I don't know if you have like a young, like a very young child audience who likes to drink whiskey. Along I, the I occasionally, I,
2: I occasionally get a letter from someone that, uh, or an email, not a letter, like an email from someone or a message saying, like, I have my kids in the car, and you say, "Fuck, way too much." Right. I have to stop listening right. to you. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're listening to a whiskey podcast with your kids yeah. in the car. I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> also, they probably will hear that word eight million times before they're yeah. fifteen. Yeah. I think it's okay. I think it's and cool.
2: I, and <laughs> I, I wanna I li- I wanna live in a world where my kid will not get in trouble for saying the F bomb at school. I mean I just do. You know, because I, I you know yeah. it can be used as it's a form of expression.
0: It fucking is.
2: Fucking A. <laughs> <laughs> So, so Amos, let us begin. Go ahead and pour yourself, cool. um, pour yourself a little bit of that uh, that mictors there. And then uh, after the after the training, you're, you're a former teacher, so um, you're going to be the student in the in this moment here. I'm going to cool. be training you how to taste. So just pour awesome. yourself a little bit of, uh, of that uh, out of that bottle. How there much you go. do I pour?
0: Uh, just you a, know, you're going to be reusing skosh.
2: that glass, so just just a little bit. Okay. So like that. that that's plenty. Just a yeah. little drink. Yeah, that, that's okay, that's cool. plenty. So one one of the what I do with um, with with bourbon, I, I go through a a four step process. It's a five step process if I'm talking more about. You know the spirit and like and how it's made i'll do that a little bit here but here we're going to really focus on a four-step process that begins with analyzing the color when okay when when bourbon goes into the barrel it is as clear as the water from your tap so every single day it's in that wood it goes into a new charred oak barrel it's moving in and out of the wood and the wood is charred and so what that does is, is that basically sugarizes a lot of the uh, of the wood, um, activates the wood sugars that are in there, and much like, oh. much like, um, much like hickory or cherry wood will amplify uh, meat in a barbecue pit. You know, the barrel is where it gets uh, the majority of its flavor and all of its color and so looking at looking at a bourbon before you even smell it that's kind of like looking at an album cover i mean look you are you this is your eighth album uh you've done a live album you know you've no doubt went through a lot of you know artistic (laughs) cover work and so you in your mind you know exactly you know the art you want for for your music and, you know, some musicians get art that's better than their music and some musicians get, you know, yeah. art that doesn't even come close to how good their music is. And so, for, for, uh, for us, like the, the color is uh, an indication of what is to come, you know. Uh, you can tell by looking at it like how old it probably is, you know, the, the darker it is, the older it is, higher the proof. And so that's kind wow. of where we begin, and we, you know, swirled around a little bit, kind of just analyze those legs as they're dripping down, and you look at the clarity. Uh, you, know, some, oh, yeah. you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes you'll see like a little like, like a white cloudy wave. That's not a oh. that's not a default or anything. Uh, that's just a process in the whiskey where they don't uh, do a particular type of filtration called chill filtration. So that's. Uh, those are like fatty acids, like flocking together inside the whiskey. Not happening here with that one, but sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see that. And so, you take a look at that. I mean, it's just a beautiful color. Russet, amber,
0: really nice. Yeah. yeah, it is really beautiful.
2: And then when we bring it to our nose, you bring it to your nose, and when you smell, you want to smell with your mouth open. By smelling with with your mouth open you are actually relaxing your olfactory and you're able to pick up more than just the alcohol fumes and both nostrils yeah. work differently so your right nostril will work differently than your left nostril and so you go from side to side hmm. and you'll notice that you can smell you'll you'll over smell an overwhelming amount of sweetness on one side and like a like spicy kind of savory stuff yeah. on the other it, it's They just, they don't, they don't work, they work in unison, but they pick up different things. Weird. But this is, uh, this is definitely smelling um, like nutmeg to me, nutmeg, caramel, vanilla. Oh,
0: yeah. Eggnoggy.
2: Yeah. My, uh, my love for eggnog knows no bounds. I would, (laughs) I, I, I have to, I have to keep that stuff locked up away from me, man. I, (laughs) I. I'm not addicted to anything, but I think I may be addicted to eggnog. That's, uh, just that's the eggnog. Truth.
0: Hello yeah. everybody. My name is Fred and, uh, I've been drinking six <laughs> gallons of eggnog. <laughs> that's week. <laughs> I've
2: been, uh, I'm addicted to eggnog and, uh, my wife kicks me out of the house after I've had six quarts. So. There you go.
0: I mean, that's fair. That's <laughs> fair. Hmm. Yeah, it's cool, man. I mean, it's beautiful.
2: It really is. It really is. So there's uh, there is definitely uh, a lot, you know, coming into the nose, and when you're smelling something, you begin to anticipate what it will taste like, and the the whole process of this is to like. You know, all of our senses go into the tasting. Like, if you take away your sight, and you know, you can't smell as well. If you take away your nose, um, you know, there's a good chance you won't be able to taste as well. So, it's not like if you take away your 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 hearing, you you see your your sight, you hear better. It's very different with uh with tasting. Um, there's actually a lot of studies that are being done on it right now because. Tasting is one of the senses that have been really neglected in studying uh, except, you know, COVID comes and now there's a bigger scientific interest in like uh, how tasting works and impacts the rest of the body.
0: Do you think that as you've gotten older, your taste has changed a lot? Like, I know that when we're young, we'll just drink whatever the fuck we want. I'm drinking SoCo and lime when I'm 22. If you put that in front of you now, I... Really would puke.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I, I
0: don't
2: the, like. De- definitely, like when I was when I was um, twenty one, I was drinking Jim Beam White Label straight out of the bottle at a fraternity house, you know, and then passing out on a couch, you know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't dare do that today. Uh, yeah. And then I and then if I was drinking beer, I was drinking Keystone Light. You put Keystone Light or Natural Light near me, I am running to the farthest exit. Uh yeah. I mean, who God, that stuff was yeah. gross. But yeah. we had very different goals at uh, twenty one yeah, and twenty two. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Different goals and different perspectives. Well,
2: what was a now you of course you weren't going by Amos Lee back then. It was uh, and you always said that people butchered your name. So i want to see if I if I butcher this. All right. So you you're gonna you're gonna get to hear me say your real name. And if Uh, I fuck uh, it up, if I fuck it up, you got to call me out on it, all right? All right, here I go. Ryan Anthony Massaro.
0: That's not bad. All
2: right, all right. It's pretty
0: good. Okay. You're more of like the guy in Italy who would pronounce it. Okay. (laughs) 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 Massaro.
2: So, you would prefer the Massaro?
0: In Philly, we say Massaro.
2: Out oh, Philly
0: okay. Yeah, and in Philly, we really say Misero, you Mis- say it like that. <laughs> and so also, just FYI, in in Philly, we use the word "fucking" as a comma. Fucking yeah, you know. Here's yeah. what I'm going. I'm going to go fucking to the Wawa. Fucking shit. You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> so that that you know, I would have done very well in Philly. I'd have done very well, and I just they I would just came love from, you there, man. I came from Pittsburgh. I just did an event in Pittsburgh. And they oh, didn't cool. cuss. They didn't cuss a lot there. I mean, it's very different cultures in Pittsburgh and Philly. They're a little different. They were not very very, the very nice. There.
0: They were very nice there. <laughs> I love Pittsburgh, dude. That's a great town. Beautiful city. Like great yeah. baseball stadium. Steelers are obviously amazing. Um, like I, some of my favorite people that I that I've worked with are Yinzers. You call they call them Yinzers in, in Pittsburgh, but. I'm I'm lucky that I've had uh that I've had the chance to travel so much as a musician mm-hmm. to like really see the country in real ways. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit redundant what I'm the words I'm using, but like I went to school in the South.
2: Yeah, South Carolina,
0: right? You're a gamecock. As a gamecock, yeah. Mm. And I, I honestly feel like everybody in the United States should live in a region that they don't grow up in when they're adults or they're in college or something because it's just, it's just different. It honestly is like yeah. we really are a hugely diverse country and I loved it. Like It was hard on me the first year. It was a bit of culture shock for me mm-hmm. and I did get my ass pummeled by some frat guys one time at a party like they beat the shit out of me. Oh, because um, I well, because I was a Philly guy, you know. Like I wasn't loud, but yeah. I have I sound like this. Yeah. You know? did, did they come at, was to at you as
2: like, oh, we got ourselves a Yankee here? Yeah.
0: A little yeah. bit, yeah. I, they they came at me like I guess they just were pissed. Like we were college freshmen, you know. Like we're just dickheads. And uh, I was at this party, and I was just sitting there, and we were talking, and all of a sudden it was just like. Stuck getting stomped on, so I was like, "All right, so it there is some shit going on down here that's a little different." But as I got, as I stayed over the years, man, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the people. I fell in love with like the, the pace. I fell in love with how different it was. And uh, so I've gotten a chance to travel so many places. Now I just, I love going almost everywhere i love your town so much dude like what a city you're in louisville right yeah
2: yeah i'm in louisville yeah yeah we got a great town dude
0: like great town and i'm really sorry to hear you know about the the tornadoes and stuff that that went on down there
2: yeah thank you yeah we uh today uh um the reason why i had to postpone our interview a little bit is because we did a uh check presentation to uh some families there you know like no media nothing we just wanted to you know, we did we did a, a fundraiser where we raised three point four million, and it went to a fund. Uh, but we knew some, we knew a restaurant there called Car Steakhouse, and we wanted to like give their uh, employees money because they they had awesome. found bo- they had found bottles inside their um, the restaurant that collapsed. They found these bottles that were not were not opened, and they survived, and they donated them. And through those bottles, you know, they raised, we raised $85,000 or more than 85000 You know, we gave them half of what we raised from, which I think was like $160,000. Uh, and so, we, we donated that directly to their employees. And that was, that's what we did today. And it was-
0: That's awesome.
2: And just to see the devastation still, I mean, it's, like, we got a long way to go.
0: Yeah, man. Well, look, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I played in Louisville in October. I played at Iroquois.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was, I mean, it was the first real show. We played in Nashville before that as a band, but like, dude, it was, it was off the chains. Like, Louisville is one of the best places to play music in the world. Like, the people there are just fucking ready to go. Yeah. A lot of them were like very ready to go. There was this one woman that was wasted and came backstage afterwards by herself. It was like, (laughs) Falling down drunk in my dressing room, like I gotta tell you something. I was like, "Hold on, like <laughs> go away, you're freaking me out."
2: And I know, I know the, uh, I know the little tunnel in Iroquois, and I know how they could have gotten yeah. back there. Yeah, that, oh yeah, they. She just,
0: she just walked by.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know exactly how that could have happened. Yeah, well, listen,
0: man. If there's, if there's anything I can do for that restaurant or for Louisville through you, like if you want to do a virtual show yeah or something like that let me know i'd be happy to do that
2: damn i love that i'll, I'll let them know yeah and to that yeah, let me know seriously that shall we taste i mean that almost deserves <laughs> yeah. a, a toast that deserves chin, a toast to that
0: from mazaro
2: from mazaro <laughs> and so <laughs> so when you when you when you taste um uh, the big thing here is and this is what i what i have learned in my career you know through taste mindfulness. The first thing you want to do is focus on what part of the tongue is it hitting. You will get the sweet notes on the tip, you'll get the savory and the bitterness uh, in the middle and the bitterness a little bit toward the back and then you'll get the um, the spice uh, in the back and then on the sides, like on the sides of the tongue, you might also get a little bitterness as well. So the first thing to so pay there, attention to is what you where, what part of the tongue is it hitting?
0: So do you, is there a plan of action like should I try to get the tip of the tongue just wet put first, it first or just, just
2: put it on your tongue naturally and then just pay attention okay. pay attention to where is it hitting like where is it most powerful where is it kind of where is it lighting up gotcha
0: That's pretty. Yeah, that's real pretty. That's real pretty. So here's a question for you: mm-hmm. Can you taste without swallowing? Yeah, I spit all the time. Yeah. So you you can taste it. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I never register unless I. All this stuff sounds vaguely <laughs> sexual to me. I feel like, <laughs> I, feel like <laughs> I feel like I never register anything until like I swallow. Mm-hmm
2: yeah you know i mean uh i will be doing a, a a tasting competition in which i will have to taste like uh three to five hundred uh over a given weekend Jesus Christ! and if i and if i don't spit yeah basically i'm dead <laughs>
1: <you know? laughs> yeah, so right
2: so like at, at the professional level you you learn to like taste spit, taste spit, taste spit, and then right you okay. know you All the, you you can analyze all the aspects of it, um, even the finish. Now, is it, is it um, absolute, is absolutely perfect? No, but, you know, when you do it professionally, you gotta, you do, you do make some trade-offs in the matter of volume. Yeah. But, you know, because one of the things that's not really talked about a lot, but we have taste buds in our throat. Right. And in our belly, and so a lot of times when you feel a tingle kind of on the way down, oh. uh, that's often not a, a burn. That's actually the sen- you know the sensation of of your taste buds. Um, and like sometimes you you'll eat something that's spicy, and you'll still feel it. And people are like, oh wow, well, that's spicy. It's in my belly. That's those are your taste receptors. Uh, notifying wow. you and so and so that's one of the one of the drawbacks of, of having to spit but it's also um you know i'll take that every day over passing out drunk after 300 uh, you know sips yeah. so
0: that's a lot of sips bro that's a, it's a lot of It's <laughs> a lot
2: of work so amos now now that you have now that you have focused on You've tasted this one and you have focused on like what part of the palate is it hitting? Do you what was there any particular spot that it really resonated with you? S-
0: just from a sensation standpoint? Yes, yeah. So yeah, like it felt like when the, the, when it went in the front of my tongue, like there is a sweetness to this whiskey for mm-hmm. sure. Um but it wasn't like where I felt the most connection to the experience. Like, I felt like more the mid to the back of the tongue was where I got like the majority of the experience of this whiskey. Okay. So, oddly, like when I tasted it, the front, I know this is not something that's really ever part of a whiskey experience for the most part, but it kind of tasted floral to me up front. Mm -hmm. like Like a subtle floral kind of thing happening at the front and then like a like a cinnamon hot candy on the back
2: okay look at that yeah i mean i was just uh so you'd already been kind of thinking and processing uh what the um what it you know what it was tasting like um now let's taste it one more time and think about like the finish and that's the last part of a tasting and the finish is how long is it still on there and what is the flavor that's still kind of resonating? Cool. still going
0: yes it's it's just there's a lot going on
2: now this is your it's first uh, bur- this is your first bourbon in nine years how, how does
0: it feel yeah. I mean there's nothing like bourbon there's there's like there's there's no experience honestly as a as a like a good bourbon especially it's just a different kind of thing you know like I drink I drink a lot of gin so, mm-hmm. I kind of feel like part of my taste and I don't know how this works but like if your taste buds or your tongue is used to drinking gin or wine or beer, will it sort of like muscle memory go to those places like as a, as yeah. a like a frame of reference?
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I mean, it is, your, your tongue is absolutely like like uh muscle memory um yeah. you know and i i can taste i can taste jim beam and know it every time uh because i've been drinking jim beam for so long um there's uh there's a few other brands that are like that but it's it's um it's it's fun it's it's a fun uh endeavor and a lot of people will just find what they like and just kind of stick with it and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I am, I'm, I'm all for that. But, you know, it, I like kind of pushing the boundaries and getting people to learn about the different styles and, and what have you. And if, if you're a gin drinker, you know, I can, I can see you really liking rise. You know, rise. I love was, rice. Especially, uh, you know, some of the more herbally ones. Uh, Uh, and I did, I did actually in the blind tasting, I've got, I've got two little, uh, well, we're gonna, we're gonna taste these blind and I'll reveal them what they are at the end, but I have something that was distilled and bottled in your home state. Uh, I have, a. I have a rye and then I have a big old juicy cash drink bourbon. So we're gonna, we're gonna have some, we're gonna have some fun here. With uh, with those, Damn. but before we get into the blind, <coughs> I, I promised a friend who's a big fan of yours that I would ask <laughs> you. Uh, he, he's a huge fan, and it like you know, cool. he's like you, you're a huge inspiration for him. He wanted wow. to know um, your your inspiration behind uh, violin from uh, from Mission. Like, what was what was yeah. a, what was your inspiration there?
0: Really good question. What's his name?
2: Perry Ritter. Perry Ritter. He's got a podcast called This Is My Bourbon Podcast.
0: Oh, cool. Well, if he ever wants to have me on, I'm on. Like, I'll let hit him know. up. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy to do it. Um, so, whew, that song was kind of at a, like written at a pretty strange time in, in my life and my career. So, it was like 2010 or so. My first record came out in 2005. Your first Mm -hmm. record comes out. If you're lucky, you get like good buzz. You experience everything mostly for the first time or the second time. You're touring, you're pretty young, you're having a blast, you're getting wasted, you're doing dumb shit. And then like after four years or so, or five years, the shine wears off of you a bit. The touring gets harder. You start feeling like a bit dragged down the relationships you've had, you know, being in a, a younger person slash turn, getting into your thirties, people start changing. You start changing. I had to make a lot of changes right at right at that kind of intersection of time, and I changed management. I oh. I was living with a woman who I was like super into, and she just just like back broke my my soul and. Um, it was winter, it was January, it was freezing in Philadelphia. I didn't have a car, and there's this stretch of like kind of tunnel that I had to walk through every day to get to the liquor store, by the way. Um, probably to buy bourbon, I swear honestly. And uh I would I remember it was January, there was this whipping wind just crushing me, and I'm walking into it. And there's just no escaping that kind of cold you can't get away from it it's it penetrates every bit of your being and i remember getting back from that walk and just being like what the fuck is my life like this is just awful i hate everything sucks right now like my friends are all gone and she left and i don't know what i'm doing with my career everything feels really fucked up and uh I'm also explaining probably 60% of my adulthood but um, you know at that moment I was just sort of like get just give me something you know just give me something like give me a moment so here I'll just I'll do this I don't know if this will even work but because uh, I don't know if this works on these on, on these kind of these overtime podcasts but I can hear um, it I just yeah. I just started started playing and I just started kind of riffing around. And uh, I remember just going like to the chorus, I was like, oh God, why you been hanging out in that old violin while I've been waiting for you. And then just kind of like writing the song from there. And a lot of it is the lyrics in that song are pretty, very biographical. I mean, they're exactly Mm -hmm. biographical. I was just sorting through everything. You know, the lovers using words as ammunition. I mean, she dude, she really was shitty when she left. Like she took everything and used it as weapons, like my family and Myself and my songs and everything, and just and then she just left cold, and so I was just sort of barren, you know. And sometimes being barren, you know, as a mindfulness person, kind mm-hmm. of the goal is to be barren. Yeah. You want to find a source of emptiness because that's where true fullness can be. And there was a barrenness in me that just was a, a, a open and aware. Now. You know, there are, there are sort of a religious element to that song because I'm calling out, you know, God, wh- like, wh- where are you? Like, why are you over there? Why are you waiting somewhere else? I can't get to you. You're impossible. I can't find you. But at the same time, God is right there because it's that is the song. So, yeah. there's a, th- it's kind of like a a very long journey song. That's what I would say to, uh, to Perry. But, um, you know, I, I, do think sometimes, and we're talking about mental health a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. you know, PTSD is, is a just, I have, I have a couple people I know in my life who, who served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And one of them actually like is doing really well. He went through some shit. He went through a lot of shit. He actually had that um, that Gulf War syndrome. Okay, and uh, he was really sick. You know, he did, was, was really it, sick. did they have
2: lung issues? Yeah, yeah. They we, yeah, we we burned all our trash and waste and and like that. Like uh, uh, and there there was a lot of factors to that. And it was like the and they also use uh, like hexavalent chromium. Uh, which is using concrete, uh, around us all the time. Yeah. I mean, we, um, and the thing is, it was like, it, it was not the US military necessarily doing some of these things. It was Halliburton, uh, some of these right. like contractors and, um, it was, it's kind of been forgotten, but I mean, there's been, there's been all kinds of weird medical issues with, with our generation of vets because of some of that stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I, whenever I see anything, cause it, occasionally in the, you know, you'll read something like a small blurb in a newspaper that'll say like, you know, gold war syndrome question mark. It's like, yes, yes, it is. And yeah. like, we should honestly be talking about this a lot more because one thing that I also sort of understood, and I'm sure you don't want to talk about this too much more, but one thing I also understood was like, if you do come back, from Afghanistan and Iraq, and you do have an issue with something like that per se, getting the proper medical care is really challenging. Like going, jumping through all of the hoops to get the treatment you need can be really hard. And um, I like how, and just as a question, like yeah. how easy was it for you to get the help you needed from a mental health standpoint with like the benefits of, of discharge from the army?
2: yeah you have to you have there you have to do work for it but um i mean it's it's probably it's probably a couple more steps above like having your own insurance and going to a physician or something but it, yeah they they have a lot of outreach programs and and all of the uh organizations that, um are separate that are are, like there to serve us like the vfw which is not part of the government or anything their sole job is helping veterans um coming home from war but they're private organization uh american legion there's a lot there's a lot of places that are out there doing outreach and helping and then you know sometimes when you are a when you are a vet and you walk in that door and you're like i need help and you haven't been registered. You haven't been through the process. They have to register you. And if you don't have your DD two fourteen or something like that, I mean, there's there are some hurdles there. Uh, but but for the most part, it's pretty. You know, there there is they do their very best. And and my wife works uh, works in mental health and and is uh, you know, I've got I've got a ready home therapist anytime I need her. Of course, she probably gets tired of that, but. Uh <laughs> um, <yeah. laughs> but uh you know and here's the thing man is I I haven't stopped you know I I'm still I'm still in therapy I mean I still yeah I still have that shit like I I can't I can't walk in a uh in a downtown setting and around skyscrapers and not look up at every single building and look for snipers. I just can't. And when, you're, mm. when you've are when you been so close to be getting hit in the head by a sniper, it's what you do. And the mm. difference between today and when I got home was that moment of looking up uh, to looking down is today I, I can walk forward. Whereas 15, 16 years ago, I would go into a deep, dark depression um, and you know that's where that's that's the difference is like i i've stopped that um and moved it that energy somewhere else but but the fact is is you know every every veteran uh coming home does get a lot of outreach sometimes we're not open to it sometimes we are not ready and then sometimes we get into programs and they don't work and it's 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 fucking hard but i mean i went through i went through probably four or five different uh therapists and programs before i found one that worked for me and i but i would keep going back you know um and i kept going back because really the woman who's now my wife so i had a i had a support system but that's where that's where everything is is that support system
0: yeah that's amazing man. God, good good for you for keep going back. I mean, that's what it that's one thing I think that stops a lot of people from finding the the right s- sort of not solutions but right path for themselves in mental health and therapy is that they think like if the first person doesn't work, it's yeah. not like the whole profession is right. bullshit and you don't it's not going to work and it, I'm not good at this or whatever. It's like you're a great example dude like you kept going now obviously your wife probably is a huge help but yeah not everybody has not everybody has that which sucks but um like i hope that you share that story often because like more people need to hear that i
2: try to um you know it's it is not uh i've gotten i've gotten through to a lot of people um, and I know that, uh, uh, it has been, it has been well received, but, you know, there's also, there's also a, a, a personal toll on me sometimes when, mm-hmm. when, when I, when I share, um, you know, because there's that whole, there's that whole feeling of like, and hell, this is becoming a therapy session here, Amos, so, you
0: know, <laughs> um. Well, I mean, isn't that what you do when you drink?
2: That's right. Um. <laughs> uh, but like there, you know, there's this, there's this, there's this, like I'm, I'm in the middle of going through a meditation podcast, for example, it's, it's called, um, meditative story and they, they interview like, uh, you know, celebrities who do meditation and interesting people who do meditation and they go, they just dissect into them and, and die and, and that process like opened up some things that I had kind of like buried and kept away but you know the guy interviewing me has one of those like meditation voices and and it's like just like opened up everything and like and it's it's great (laughs) everything's awesome but i wasn't prepared for it you know so and so sometimes you know the sharing to help others um if you're not ready and if you're not prepared for it it, you can get yourself in, in trouble but there is a you know therapists get therapy to deal with helping others it's just it's just part right. of it it's part of it yeah. and I, and I, and I imagine it's a little bit like songwriting you know you bear your is. you bear your soul into a song, you know you might have to write another song to cope with that one so yeah um, and your your music's deep man, so and you write your own yeah. shit
0: I do, and sometimes it's sort of like. You know, I joke about it in my shows, but I'm like, I really don't feel like reliving this tonight, y'all. <laughs> you know, like, I go right back to the places where these songs come from, and oh wow, like yeah, it's weird, man. It's it. I ha- I feel like I have to because I like I'm a working class kid. Like yeah. I had shitty jobs. I mean, literally shitty. Like I was a plumber's helper. I also, I've done everything. I was like, worked as a landscaper. I was a teacher. That was a cool job. It was hard, but very different than some of the manual labor things I did. But I feel that same instinct to work hard and to like push myself to do the best I can. And in my job, that means not phoning it in every night, like yeah. never phoning it in. And I really do go through this thing every, before every show where I'm like, okay, this person, like, who knows where they came from, what they had to do to get here, if they could even afford it, if they're going through some shit that tonight they're going to go home and be like, life's a little bit better. Wow. I feel like I need to be totally present for that 90 minutes. I don't work every day, you know? Mm-hmm. I work like six months out of the year. I can do it, you know?
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. All right. So, you said you you go there with the person. So So, when you did the when you all did the uh, the Game of Thrones in your in your
0: live album,
2: were you like were <laughs> yeah. you like on a dragon, like in in that moment?
0: I was uh, I was Peter Dinklage in that moment. All Actually, right. I was just <laughs> having a little sip of wine and like you know taking taking everything in.
2: <laughs> was, by the way, that was awesome. I, I love I love that. It was like I, I love that I love that uh, that part of the of the uh of the live album amazing live album yeah, by the man. way from, Thank uh, from, you. Yeah, from red was... rock
0: yeah man you sh- have you been have you ever been to red rocks i mean you have to go uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah you have to it's ma- it's full-on magic dude like you don't even need a dragon it's just straight up magic like,
2: okay i'm i'm I, mean, I, I, I felt, it, I felt drugs, it from like... the album that's probably the best live <laughs> album i've ever heard i mean
0: yeah, I'm telling you, every show at Red Rocks is that good. I swear to God. Wow, like, really? Every single show at Red Rocks is... Yeah, you can't help it. There's just something there. Like, there's just some something that happens in that place that activates, like, your greatness. Wow. And the people feel it. Like, I went to see uh, Old Crow Medicine Show and Molly Tuttle and actually Dwight Yoakam. It was a kind of a wild bill, but I and saw them this summer there. And uh, it was just lit man, it was just the whole thing was just on fire the whole time. And so I would really recommend and Denver, I mean, there's so many whiskeys, I'm seeing you have a Colorado rye in front of me too. Yeah. There's so many whiskeys in Colorado right now.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of Colorado for sure.
0: Have you ever had Deer Hammer?
2: Yeah, I know a deer Hammer. I, uh, That's my buddy's place. Yeah, okay. I can't yeah. say it's 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 familiar to me, but I mean I've had it before. I didn't. I mean, if it w- would have really sucked, I would have remembered it.
0: <laughs> if it was really good, I, I would only remember it. the shitty stuff. I remember the shitty <laughs> stuff.
2: You know, when you taste a lot, you remember the shitty stuff and the really good stuff. Speaking of which, yeah. are you ready for the blind tasting?
0: Yeah, but let me just get like one more little bit of lesson from this was Okay, just had. you got it. So, like, what? What did what do you taste in this?
2: Well, my glass here is empty now, uh, but uh, I just it is a <sighs> Michter's ten year old reminds me of the holidays, um, like a mm-hmm. like a pumpkin pie, uh, like a custard, yeah. and. Um, You know maybe even like a raisin bread there's just a lot of like you know cinnamon and nutmeg and uh, yeah and then on the sweet side we like a vanilla icing but it's just Mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's 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 a really balanced with a touch of complexity uh it's a very it's i mean there's a reason that 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 you know the bottle i sent you i think was it was made my top 25 uh for for best whiskeys of the year I mean it's it's great whiskey. It really is.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Um, I, So if I told you that I what I tasted was rose and leather. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, leather leather is a great is a, actually a great uh, note. And anyone who ever played baseball and chewed on their glove should know that note. Yeah. Um, I definitely do. And, and rose, Rosewater, rose water, uh, rose, fl- floral. Yeah, I mean that's that's a real. Those are real notes. And and the thing yeah. is is like those are. You know, you were telling me earlier, you're 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 uh, um, an avid wine drinker. You know, rose is a is a is a note that comes out in, in wine a lot. So definitely. you're going you're going where your your muscle memory is. And yeah. the thing is, is everybody. Everybody tastes differently, and what I taste, I, I try to train people and teach people to like taste for yourself. You know, listen to people, but yeah, but make, make up your own mind. Um, yeah, and I, I'm not the kind of critic that says this sucks. You shouldn't taste it. You know, well, you know, maybe one or two of those I do that, but but it's not um, it's it's not something that um, you know. No two persons' tasting notes are ever the same, right? But leather's cool. a, leather's a great call out. Great yeah, leather out.
0: felt right to me. The, the rose felt like a bit of a reach but it also just like there was something light, there was hmm. something kind of like light that was just like kind of just right on the front and the top that was kind of like, mm, what? It's kind of weird but I definitely, not you know, when you say all the like Thanksgiving flavors, yeah, definitely. It's like I would love to have like a banging ass turkey sandwich with this whiskey.
2: Yeah, man, that sounds good. That's actually what I had for dinner. I had a <laughs>
0: the Best Thanksgiving sandwiches are the greatest things.
2: Mm-hmm. So now here we are. Uh, let's go to the okay. blind tasting. Start cool. with with glass A. So you should your uh, glass your box a. that you got the kit should have okay, uh,
0: okay. should have. I'm just uh, gonna should... rinse this glass. Okay. I only have one because I'm forever a vagabond. Fred, I'm always just <laughs> living where I am, so I have one glass. Nothing cool. wrong with that? Now you learn, you learn to adapt, man. You know, like it's a weird thing being on the road, man. Like I, I honestly find it even when I'm not touring. If I have a suitcase halfway open in the living room, I'm more comfortable. It's yeah, freaking weird. It's probably why I'm single.
2: Well, <laughs> you know, I mean, at least you're, uh, you know, we, we'll go on trips and we we may not unpack a suitcase for two months, you know. and just like yeah. leave it unpacked, you know, because I know I'll go out again, and I will get I will get booked for private tastings and have to be there in like three days. So I just I'm always ready. Wow. All right. Yeah. So we're on glass A. I started smelling hey. the other ones. So, so glass. A, do you have, uh, you, you have your, you have a couple other glasses, right? You got your coffee cup.
0: I have my coffee cup. It has water in it, though. I can just get, I can just squash the water and get rid of it.
2: You can have. I mean, I don't give a shit. We're uh, we're in game mode now. Amos has uh, got What's his glasses it?
0: ready to go. Smash. <laughs> All right. So, are we doing like rapid fire? Is that what's happening? Well, so no. Let's let, let's let's
2: taste um, let's taste A together. Let's okay, break cool. this down together. We're we're hereby um, we're both um, we're gonna we're going to choose a champion together here out of the three
0: of these. Cool. You guys better get on your game, you whiskeys. Fucking so assholes,
2: go. right? And these fucking asshole whiskeys s- s-
0: sitting there in your little shithead bottles.
2: Remember your training. Okay, this, was, remember your training. That's right. <laughs> that's
0: right. I will defeat you. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. This is this is very different from the Mictors. The noses, at least. Wow. Interesting. Really interesting.
2: It's like a hard candy.
0: Yeah, it's it's very sweet. Yeah. In in a cool way though, like there's also something kind of like um, gummy about it, which is weird.
2: Like a like a CBD gummy.
0: Yeah, sort of like you know, like when you just. You're eating a taffy and it has that aftertaste when you're done it.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aspartame.
0: Yeah. It's cool, though, man. There's also something really. Mm. Mm. It's cool. I like it. It's different. I don't know how much of this I could like sit with for an hour because it's just so, like, Sweet. there's also something, yeah, there's also something very, like, uh, kind of alcohol-y about it, mm-hmm. um, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, very grain alcohol kind of vibes mm-hmm. to me. Um, but it's cool. It's fun. It's playful in a really weird, fucked up way. Like, you know, like a kid with a mullet who just, like, you know, he's about to slap you with his fucking little kid hammer on your knee, but you're still like, cool, just do it anyway. That's great.
2: That's the best tasting note of all time.
0: <laughs> Glass A is kid with a bull about
2: to slap you and jack you up in the knee with a little hammer.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. It's good, man. It's cool though. Yeah, it's good. It hits really mellow too afterwards. Like it's just like the vibe.
2: Yeah. But you definitely like the mixers that you had before
0: more than this one? I don't know that I can say more, you know, like it's different. They're just very different. Like the Michter's feels more balanced sort of to me. Mm -hmm. Like there's a familiarity with the Michter's that like, oh cool. Like that's classic vibe bourbon. Like I'll drink that 10 nights out of 10 nights and never have a problem with it. This one's got a little bit more like, there's a bit of, it's a bit more playful, it's a bit less like custardy like you are saying mm-hmm. um, but lo- it's great actually and my second sip was better than my first sip.
2: Often is the case when something's really sweet. Uh, when, something, yeah. when something's really sweet, you just focus on the sweet um, and then like anything else that can come up and then when you say grain alcohol. Uh, it made me it made me think of like how common that is. Is like when something's so sweet, then you just like the next thing you can tell is uh, alcohol, because yeah. the sweetness overpowers everything else. I I a is a glass that, and I know what it is. I'm not going to reveal that yet. Uh, I don't know. A, I don't know it by having poured it. I know it just by tasting it. It's a very obvious one for me. But it's a glass that I pour this. I pour this for a lot of people, and they. Uh, this is often a crowd favorite. So if we were to do this tasting with like sixty people, I would say thirty-two of them. This would be their favorite. Wow! Because most people most people have a sweet
0: tooth. Yeah, no, it's cool. Like, there's definitely something kind of coconutty about it too, which is sort of weird. Um, but yeah I did like it I, I I liked it a lot i liked it definitely more the second the second taste I was like all right that's you can that's dig more it more than it yeah I can really dig it yeah i really can like vanilla kind of vibes yeah,
2: yeah it's cool so before we go to glass b which get you know get the glass you want ready for glass b we're about to dive into that
0: i'm gonna uh, mug it up
2: I had this I had this like, uh, this like, um, I, I like, I like to think about like uh, great artists of like who who classically like, that I love, what I'd love to see them play. I would love to see you play with John Fogarty and do some Creedence Clearwater Revival. I don't know if that thought's ever crossed your mind, but I'm just playing it right now. I think it'd be really cool to see you do some CCR
0: put me in coach <laughs> <laughs> that's just like the daddest of dad jokes just smashed yeah. <laughs> up against the wall sorry sorry
2: is there anybody you like. would like to really play with
0: i mean i've had really like good luck in my life with that kind of stuff um my idol was john prime yeah passed away yeah. Uh, in 2020 and dude like and we did "Paradise," which I don't know if you know that song, but it's about Kentucky. It's not yeah. exactly like the nicest song about Kentucky, but it's uh, well. It's he's a, a god. Tune. He's a god out in Western Kentucky. Yeah, you know they yeah. love him there. I know he's he's the greatest man. And uh, the first time I played with him was actually in Greenville, South Carolina, and I got wasted because I was so nervous at the sushi restaurant next door on sake, and I puked before the show and then he brings me up on stage and I played his guitar and we did Paradise together. He's just the fucking nicest guy of all time. Like, just like I I was and am devastated that that we lost him. Um, I also have one more really fucking funny story about him. So, I played another show with him in New Orleans and like John had this thing where after his after-show food was always a sausage pizza and a gigantic bowl of like Neapolitan ice cream. That was like this the spread. And uh, like I was just having a good time back there. They brought the pizzas back, and so I was like, he was playing his show, and I had a piece. So I went, and he calls me up on stage. And you know, like you know how that shit is. When someone calls you on stage, you do like the little hug, and it's like, "Oh, it's so great to see you," you know, and all that. And uh, he leans in. He goes, "You smell like my pizza." <laughs> 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 that's funny. The greatest shit. <laughs> and then he laughs. He smiles at me, and we play the song. And I was just like, "Oh, god." The greatest man, the greatest. Wow. But I don't know, dude. I'll play with anybody. I'd, l- I'd love to play with Fogarty. I would love to play with Neil Young or you know Stevie Wonder or dude anybody. I just I love singing, man. I love singing songs, and I I, I I'm just so grateful for everything, dude. It's been it's been a wild ride.
2: Well, it's 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 fun to watch you. I tell you that. Like uh the uh I, I gotta imagine you enjoy the stage more than the studio. Cause you you come to a life on the on the stage, you know?
0: I like both for different reasons. Like I'm honestly like pretty introverted as in general in my life. Like I mm. don't go out really ever. Um I find some of the like stuff I have to do now for my job to be kind of like a lot. Um yeah. you know especially with the anxiety and depression stuff like it's not always there but it's never not there Yeah. so depending on when and what time of year and how i'm taking care of myself and what i'm doing um i love playing live shows don't get me wrong i i live for it um and the studio is its own thing like you get to discover like the purity of the moment it would be kind of like you know, serving your booze versus making your distilling your booze. And I do yeah. both, you know, and so like, I think there are people who only want to be distillers and people only want to work in the front of the house. And I kind of do both. Um, and I love both, but they're just it's a different form of discovery. And, uh, you know, it's more challenging. It's more challenging to be consistent, no matter which one you choose. So, um, yeah, as I get older, I just am trying to appreciate it all because I know that every day is like, you know, you gotta be there for it.
2: Oh, cheers to that, my friend. Yes, all right. Re- you ready for some glass B?
0: Be it up. Let's be that B. All right. I will pour it in the mug. Here we you, go. We're t- going you've given we're Going. go ahead.
2: This is true blue Philadelphia right here, folks. He oh, is putting shit. it in a in a white porcelain uh, coffee mug.
0: True blue Philly would be like out of the bottle for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's <yeah>. true.
2: <laughs> with a yeah, with a like, pickled with a pickled egg on the side.
0: Absolutely. I mean, yeah. my grandfather' his style was fifth of old granddad. That's it. Like no fucking glass, no fucking ice. No fucking remembrance of what happened before. <laughs> <laughs> that's my stock though, man. Like that's, I have whiskey drinking people in my family. Like that's what yeah. they went for. I mean, that's, that's uh, uncle,
2: Pennsylvania.
0: Yeah, my uncle actually liked brandy, which is crazy to me. Like that was wow. his drink. Brandy, like, oh, weird. And you know my my the Italian side they liked anisette, which I've never really had it, but I think that was kind of like and you know you you've seen The Godfather, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. And he's like, "What do you want to drink?" He's like, uh, "Anisette, anisette." So this is yeah, this is a also kind of a heavy, it's like a heavy bottom kind of vibe. There we go. All right. That's a working man's whiskey right
2: there for sure very very corn forward, very grainy, very um yeah, you know maybe maybe some toast in there, uh, but I will say this, there's no flaws in it there's no there's, it's good
0: like it's solid, man it it, yeah. it goes and it keeps going at the same speed,
2: yeah, it's not it's doesn't cool. it doesn't it doesn't taste like a dirty gym
0: sock. No, no, no. There's no, no dirty, nothing in this.
2: Not that I taste a lot of dirty gym socks, but you know, know,
0: only when you had to,
2: it's, you know, when you, (laughs) and that was extra. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, when I reveal these and kind of talk about what they are, it'll make a little bit more sense. Well, you know, it's basically, it's a journey of three different whiskey types. And, uh, and so this one is, is an incredible representation of a particular style of whiskey. It's really,
0: and and, this is PA.
2: Yeah. This one's from Pennsylvania, I think.
0: Yeah. You're like, I know my roots. (laughs) I know my Pennsylvania roots. Yeah. I can taste the water, man. It's very, very, you know, the water's dirty, but the whiskey's clean.
2: That's fascinating that you could, you just called that out. Love it.
0: Well, you said it.
2: Well, um, I, I mentioned that we had it. I didn't say which glass oh, it
0: was. Yeah. Oh, well, that, this one, this one feels honestly feels like home to me. Like I've had shit like that. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I've had that exact whiskey, but like that feels that feels familiar to me. Awesome. Like it's kind of a bit of a like a bit of an edge to it there's a bit of a, right. like a fuck you buddy
2: <laughs> and that's that's a style of pennsylvania fuck you
0: fuck you buddy fuck you buddy <laughs> and fuck you <laughs> that's right fuck you buddy the new album from amos lee
2: i i like that uh actually i mean it goes it goes right in line with your uh i mean saying fuck you to people is the next wave of mental health
0: that's hey man i have a you know i have a puppet i have an emotional support puppet do you know that
2: no i don't
0: would you like would you like to meet him let's meet him all right good i thought you would so i just figured i would bring him his name is tony Hey Tony. Yo, asshole! What's up?
2: (laughs) Just drinking some whiskey with Amos.
0: We partying or what?
2: Yeah, yeah, we're getting down. We're just getting to know each other though a little bit, and uh, Amos just told me to fuck off.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, he only knows four or five words. (laughs) Fuck off, eat, fuck off. All right, that's my emotional support puppet. I love Oops. it. Oops, that's my guitar. That's my other emotional support puppet right there. Well, hopefully the yeah it, he's, he's funny. He's yeah. a weird guy. He, you know, he strikes me as a guy that I can relate <laughs> to, though.
2: You know, I feel like I could. Very I could
0: relatable.
2: I can I can relate Very to
0: relatable. him. <laughs> he's got lots of problems though, man. He's a he's a funny cat. Um.
2: Yes. Well, I don't know where I would be without my problems. You know, the problem, the thing about the beauty of of life is your problems help make you who you are. And I think that's often, uh, um, misrepresented in, in the journey of life. You know, don't run from your problems, own them and work with them if you will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They, you know, if, um, It's interesting, man, because we have this new sensibility. Because we have a lot of people have found ways to present themselves, um, kind of in a one-dimensional place, and it's sort of like what the title track to the album is about. Yeah, which is Dreamland. It's sort yeah. of that, like, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a complex idea. the The idea of what I'm trying to say with Dreamland. It's not like like a college professor complex but you know it's like there are ways to present yourself that's like you can kind of fake it that you're fine yeah and i i worry that when people do that that like they go to a more extreme place because they don't think they're allowed to be fucked up yeah and our culture has gotten a little bit like punitive in the way that we approach each other um not just with politics or with personality or with you know things that people have done that have been bad in the past like we're just we just have gotten kind of punitive with each other and like i you know we all grow up with bullies and people who fuck with us and we have to fight back sometimes and we have to be strong but like when you and one thing i really appreciate about what you've shared with me today is like You're going head on into your shit. Like you're in therapy and you're meditating. Yeah. And I've done both of those things too. And frankly, sometimes for me, it it just gets to the point where I'm like, I don't I know what my other alternative here is. And I don't want that. Yeah. I just don't want to go that way.
2: That was, you know, I mean, that was the reason why I did what I did. I mean, I had people helping me and pushing me, but I mean I was close to going to jail, or homeless, or or yeah. worse. You know, yeah. Uh, and it it just I didn't I, I didn't want that. And and you know, I am I'm a professional uh, bourbon taster now, and it's often presented to me like you know, uh, bourbon is the you know people drink to cope with their problems. Like that's exactly right. They drink to cope. People drink to drown the, their pain. Uh, I, I I taste uh, to enjoy life. I don't I don't taste to right. uh, to cope. And and that is um, that that's a that's a big difference. And 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 we and we don't we we don't allow we don't allow complexities and issues. Everything is in a box. And if it goes yeah. outside that box, it's like people society for the most part doesn't understand outside the box and god it frustrates the hell out of me amos it frustrates the hell out of me because people just do not um especially now just they say don't judge but yet we judge more ever you know more today than we ever have before you know
0: there's more to judge like we're living on the we're living on the surface all the time It's all there for you. Like everyone is constantly showing their ass. (laughs) Yes. Everyone's ass is out all the time. It's like, dude, what are we doing? Um, But, you know, it's also interesting too, man, because I read this book called Lost Connections a few years Mm -hmm. ago, a couple years, three years ago. Really good book. I would recommend it to anybody who's going through depression, especially anybody who's been like, on medication, maybe frustrated with the path they're on. I'm not saying it's a solution. I'm not saying that what his, what all of his book is saying is everyone else's solution. I am saying it brings up some really interesting points about like community and purpose and connection. And I read this book right before all the lockdowns happened. And I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go out and do some shit. Like, get involved with the community. <laughs> and then it's like, oh god oh fuck me then it I guess ri- I'll be right, I'm gonna write some more songs <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and, and then that became Dreamland, that, was, that, was that Dreamland or was that
0: no man, Dreamland was done dude Dreamland, Dreamland was, was, done was, by was then? already in the can yeah, so I have a whole I'm gonna start recording in about a, a you know, a month or three weeks or something and I'm gonna make all the songs I wrote last year, new
2: record wow, so you get, so ninth in-studio record coming out soon.
0: Yeah, and I actually have another one, which is a covers record. It's a Chet Baker tribute album that uh, we did. Um, Yeah, because after Prime died, and Bill Withers was my my other favorite, those guys died within two weeks of each other in 2020, right, as the lockdown was happening, and Mm -hmm. I was just like, just devastated. And those were the two people who, like, when I wanted to get that, Comfort feeling, I went to them, and I couldn't because I was just so devastated. I couldn't listen to them. It was like someone you love died. You don't want to like go listen yeah, to their music because yeah, it yeah. just hurts too much. So I started listening to Chet Baker, which is shows you how masochistic I am. Is that I go to some of the saddest shit of all time to feel better. But there's a levity and there's a balance in what he does that the way like those songs are heartbreaking. They are very sad but there's just a kind of grace about them that's like, yeah, like life is sad and that's cool. Like we're still going to try to enjoy this like glass of whiskey and this moment and these songs and this trumpet solo, like feel good, like I don't know what else to say to you, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's my plan over the next year is to tour, make a new record and Try to do some shows with my band, and then do some shows with Jeff Baker stuff. It's going to be fun. Awesome. Would love to come do something in Louisville with the, with the jazz stuff.
2: I'd love to have you back, man. I'd love to. I'd love to do something. With yeah. you. We could do. We could do some like. Uh, we could do like a public tasting together. And uh, yeah, do you
0: fuck with the Brown? Do You go to the Brown Hotel. The Brown at all? Hotel. Like,
2: yeah, oh yeah. Uh, it's that was weird. my jam, dude. I love that place. Yeah. You know, there was uh, so they had they had a piano player in there and we would be drinking in the lobby trying to figure out if they were actually playing the piano because it was one of those automatic <laughs> pianos and yeah. and uh, we never did figure it out.
0: <laughs> nope. the more you drank the less obvious it was. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but so now we yeah. have uh, we have one more one more to taste.
0: Exhibit C, exhibit C. Before right, we cho- before read, we choose our on. champion. <clears throat> all right gonna rinse my mug it's nice drinking with you man I really enjoyed it
2: absolutely um, I mean it's kind of it's a it's celebration day I mean I'm honored to uh yeah to be to be is. sipping whiskey with you on the on the drop of uh, dreamland I mean
0: thanks man
2: and and it's um you know you've already you've already had a top 10 uh hit out of the album you know you got several more uh to come I love it. Uh, I, I think it's i think it's um i think it's i think it's some of your best work but it's also it also feels a little different to me um yeah. than than some of your other stuff and yeah uh, you know it it really does it feels it feels different
0: it is different i mean it's the approach was totally different recording this record um you know i have a real journey with my album making because the first record I made was like, you know, I'm fresh, you know, my ass is fresh. Like I'm a brand new baby, you know, like everything's cool. Like I'm in the studio and it was cool, man. Like I, got, I was getting wasted and like not during because you think it's strange, man, because I think a lot of people, artists too, like have this romantic idea of this studio. Yeah. You watch the movies, you see all the bullshit where it's like you know, even the Queen movie which I really liked cuz I'm a huge Queen fan. Even the Queen movie kind of like it just romanticizes it to a point where it's like it's way it's it's way more like functional than that. Like maybe when Jimi Hendrix was recording or something or you can catch lightning in a bottle but my first record was fun, it was light, I had no expectations, I didn't know anything about it. My second record was kind of hard because I really wanted to like make it a, a record I made with my friends and it just didn't quite get there, we made some good stuff. My third record I was just lost, mm. my fourth record was Mission Bell and I was sort of Refound myself, I dug much deeper as a writer, um, I went out to the desert and it was just the right place at the right time um, and we made some really beautiful work. And then my fifth record, I think I was a bit of a shithead and I wasn't exactly present with it. I think I was trying to, again, like my ambitions were greater than my songs, which is a problem. Mm-hmm. You need the songs and I don't think I had, I think I had some good songs on that record but they it wasn't quite there, the full vision. Um, the sixth record I made, which is called Spirit, I produced in Nashville, bit off way more than I can chew and the only analogy that I can have is like being pregnant and trying to deliver your own baby, which is like tough. you yeah. can yeah. but you shouldn't.
2: I mean, I've been um, there, it's tough.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Man, I, that beard threw me off, but you know, man, it's we're, we live in new times. We live in we, new times. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm giving you a rundown, a litany of my of my albums. But this one, I just kind of wanted to like, and something that I've been trying to. I, do Well, more I stopped in my you. Life. I think I
2: stopped you. I made the. I tried to make a funny at the sixth the sixth album. But what? what so what was the album like? What was the process before? This one, what was that? What was the story on that well, one? Well,
0: what was the funny you were going to make? I want the funny.
2: Well, the funny I tried to make was the uh, I was, I had a baby or tried to deliver my oh, baby. you had a baby.
0: Yeah, like a, that, that <laughs> I mean, it did. It is funny, it's a weird ass image to be honest <laughs> with you, but it,
2: <laughs> it, it, it didn't I work. I mean,
0: look, it works, it works in a weird way, but I'm going to try to get that out of my mind now. Um, Seventh record, I went and made a record with this guy named Tony Berg and it was a blast. We deconstructed every song. Like mm-hmm. he's like a deconstructor. And so, I got to this point after I produced my own record and kind of like like really stopped smelling myself so much and like wanting the credit and just wanted to start making like more open, more interesting records. And... Um, not to say that there's not cool stuff on Spirit, there is. There's lots of great stuff. I just I think my again, like I'm I can be hard on myself, but I also think I can be honest with myself, which is I should have been more inclusive like in the process of that record and I just wanted to prove that I could do it. Like mm. I was I'm going to I am a fucking like I get it. I know how to do this and like
2: mm.
0: kind of backfired on me a little bit, like Yeah. Not that the record is bad, it's, there's good stuff on it, but mm-hmm. I shouldn't have done that. And I think I was, I just rushed into something that I didn't have a great plan for anyway. Um, which brings me to, to the last, this latest record. And it was another one of these things where like, I wanna be collaborative. I wanna honor everybody in the room. I want it to be like open and fun. And I don't want it to be about ego or control or bullshit. Like, I don't have any time for that anymore. I'm fucking done. Like, I know that's not what we, sometimes what we as a, like, I don't want to say, like, it's just, like, we have this ideal that, like, the, you know, you watch Succession and it's, like, the bad man always wins, you know, and it's, like, all this shit. And it's, like, I guess, but I don't care about that. Like, Mm -hmm. I want... I want this to be collaborative and fun and open and cool. And I want you to feel ownership over the process because we're creating together. And working in a restaurant, like I worked in the Olive Garden, it was all about, not that this is a very strange thing to draw upon, but it was always about teamwork. Like it's all teamwork. All the best things in life are team-based and are community-based if they can be. So this was a real collaborative effort, man. Like Leggy, the producer, put a lot of his heart and soul into it. And so the reason it's different is because the essence of him and the ideas of his really are hugely resonant in, the, in this. So, and that was partly because I wanted it that way. You know, like I don't have all the answers. I don't want them. So it's a, just now, a pragmatic process.
2: It, it, almost, it almost sounds like um, Dreamland is the album where you found yourself.
0: Yeah, well, I allowed myself to be seen more. Yeah. You know, I, I, I like, so there's a song on there called Hold You. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's just like straight up like me singing to my little self like just straight up and I want that to be a song that people go to, not that I want them to do that, but if they're so inclined and they're emotionally drawn to it, I, I would love for that song to be something that helps people like either closer to themselves or to closer to the people that love them, like let me in, you know, like mm-hmm. something so simple about the idea of holding someone. And sometimes, really, that's all we need. You know, sometimes it's just about like, you know, like my friend's kid. My friend, um, my friend Jaron and Allie have uh, a son named Malcolm. Beautiful, like cutest little kid in the world. And I went to visit them, um, like in April or something. And and Malcolm just like walked. Jaron plays in my band. He walked up to his dad and he said, "Hold me." You know, it's like, when was the last time you walked up to somebody and was like,
2: holy? Well, I mean, you know, just the other night, but you know.
0: Yeah, right. Two nights ago. (laughs) Two two nights ago. (laughs) I mean, Ah, we won't talk about that, though. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, I mean, I've been finding myself along the way. Like, finding yourself is just part of being lost. And like I've definitely been lost a lot, so yeah. Not that not that I think it's a one to one ratio of being lost and being found, but like you have, I guess you kind of have to acknowledge your your own weaknesses and vulnerabilities to be able to like find a more solid place inside of yourself. At least yeah, that's I mean, how I
2: feel. Yeah, and, and here's the yeah. thing: is like it takes fucking courage uh and strength to even have this conversation you know to 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 bring it to to this level here um and i mean i think that's where that is that is where you shine you you shine in like in really being strong uh allowing yourself to be vulnerable i mean i've listened to other interviews with you and you know you're open about it it just screams out in your music and I mean, to that man, it takes it takes some fucking courage. So, you know, we're Thanks. just meeting, well, we're just you know meeting for the is. first time, and I just got to say, you know, my hats yeah. off to you, and cheers, cheers to that, my friend. My
0: mug's my mug's up to you. <laughs> my, my mug to your mug to
2: my and Karen. That's right. All right so glass C. This is our last one. Yeah. We do we do have to determine a champion here.
0: Okay. All that it's not we, very Buddhist of us, though. Yeah, I mean,
2: all, all, all that, all that of me saying like we judge too much, and here I am telling you that we have to, yeah. we have to make a judgment. I'm Two such, of you are
0: fucking losers. Okay, I'm such a fucking <laughs> hypocrite. But th- but we but we all kind of are in our own ways, right? So yeah. I mean, as long as you can, as long as you can laugh at yourself, I think it's cool.
2: That's exactly right. I, I laugh at myself. And if I don't, my kids or my wife will for me. So there you go.
0: So taste it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it is, uh, it's meaty, really big.
0: Yeah. It is. It, it's, it's long. Yep. Really long. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, you know what it reminds me of kind of is um Booker's. But not quite as like fuck you as Bookers is like uh, I mean
2: it's it's about the same um at proof point, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's yeah. a big it's a bug it's a big fuck you cash strength whiskey.
0: For yeah, sure. you have to be real careful with this kind of whiskey. I've had my moments with them. <laughs> Yeah. These this whiskey is the one that you have to be like what the fuck did I do?
2: <laughs> where was I last night? What did I where where did yeah. I go?
0: <laughs> How many did I drink? <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's your name again? Um uh,
0: I mean honestly, dude, I've had some really like hilarious, ridiculous times drinking yeah. this kind of bourbon.
2: I I had um I won't. I won't share their name. But (laughs) I've I've had. I've I've hung out with a few artists where they they would take my my bottles um, and then just end up on the street by themselves in the middle of downtown, and then it's somehow my fault because they took my bottle. Like, well, I didn't make them drink it. You know. I mean. Yeah. So I now have yeah. a policy. I, I uh, unless their manager's with them, I don't, I don't. let them take a bottle. So, but well, the uh, managers
0: sometimes are worse than the artists. FYI, that is true. Uh, <laughs>
1: that is true because they want the bo-
0: they want the bottle for themselves, right? They they want they want at least fifteen percent.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> do you feel like they earn the fifteen percent though? I mean, sometimes mine do.
0: Mine do. Yeah, I do, Definitely. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, it's interesting, man, because I'm, like, like, I talked to you about being, like, when I take the stage, I take it very seriously and work hard. Right. When I'm home, I don't like to do shit. <laughs> so, they're doing a lot of stuff, like, and that 15% is, like, it accrues. Like, all the little shit that's, like, that, like, talking to the label on the, 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 the streaming systems and all this stuff. Like, yeah, it, it's interesting, man, because I know artists who don't have managers. I just happen to love mine and think they're amazing people. And so, like, it's a team, man. Like, we work yeah. together. And to me, like, the money is great. Like, please. Like, I love to buy shit and have a nice time and enjoy things. But like, the human relationships are what we are made of. They are they're like our stardust. We are that. Like, every moment in our lives is not reflected by, like, the material things. It's the spiritual right. connection we have to each other and the people that are in our lives. That is our fuel. So, that's why we have to choose our people well. And I'm glad that you you have a wife and a partner who's like made the helped you become a better you, and that's ultimately what we all should be looking for. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And and you know, my God, I'm looking at the clock here. I've had you on yeah, for man. An hour, well, hour hour and a
0: half. Holy shit! It's what it's what whiskey do.
2: That's that's what it does. <laughs> so uh, I'll. I'll I'm gonna open up the I'm gonna open up the results here, but I I am gonna call it a. This is my guess. A was Angels Envy, uh, Rye oh, cool. finishing uh yeah. in a, in, okay. in that. Uh, I'm gonna guess B was uh, Liberty Pole. This is a Pittsburgh, uh, yeah. Pittsburgh area. I I don't remember the. So it's almost uh it's 32 months. So it's almost three years. It's a corn whiskey. Cool. And then a limited edition, larceny, barrel-proof uh, weeded bourbon, so that that would have been C.
0: What and, does weeded bourbon mean?
2: Uh, weeded bourbon means that it was, uh, instead of using rye as a secondary grain after corn, they would have used, uh, wheat. Okay. And, uh… Oh, wheat. Yep. See, I thought you said weed. Oh, wheat. No, no. Wheat like the grain. Yeah, I, I have a I have a oh, weird. That's... Yeah, a weed bourbon.
0: Oh it's, oh, it's that kind of shit. Oh that's God, a whole dude. different I mean, story. Which would have told me, but you know. <laughs> uh,
2: Actually, right, a well, lot a lot, lot of know. people a lot of people like to pair weed with whiskey.
0: I bet they fucking do.
2: That's a thing. That's a thing.
0: <laughs> do, do you? Yeah, Are you, have... you talking about your? You're a cigar smoker. Yeah, I love cigars. I, I listen to your coffee podcast because I'm oh. I'm a huge coffee fan. Oh, right on, right on. Yeah, I'm a
2: huge. Yeah. Uh, I love cigars. I love uh, coffees and cigars. Uh, I'm actually I actually have a uh, a couple sober uh, interviews coming up where I agreed to do some coffee with them, and I'm trying to. I'm thinking about doing some different uh, uh, origins, uh, like for like a tasting. You know, should be fine. I would
0: love to. I would love to connect you with a friend of mine, if you'd like that. Oh, who's yeah. A, like he's a badass coffee roaster. Okay. Um, yeah. Dog. I'll, I'll or get even his, the guy. I'll get his coffee yeah, on the I'll show. Send, yeah, I'll send because I'm like, I, every city I go to, I'm super into going to like multiple coffee shops to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I got into coffee from my old tour manager. Who's also got me into like rum and mezcal, like I've I've had times with all of the booze's and the coffee. So <laughs> if you want if you want any any um, thoughts about coffee stuff, I actually really liked the episode you did with um, Wen, Miss Wen oh I don't yeah yeah her yeah
2: first name uh... because it was. Yeah. The Vietnamese coffee.
1: Yeah.
0: Vietnamese coffee, because I don't drink a lot of Vietnamese coffee, but I love, I loved how passionate she was about that. Yeah. And uh, I really thought, I thought it was really interesting, a really interesting perspective on coffee because you know, most coffee really is South American, Central American, African, not there's not, I mean, Indonesia has its sort of perk in that world, but I haven't had a lot of Vietnamese coffee. So I thought that was cool. But there's I tell you a what, great coffee.
2: Drinking coffee with her like changed how I drink coffee at home. I mean, it was
0: it yeah, was cool. and 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 I, I was listening to that, going like, I have like a bit more perspective on my own coffee likes, and like she doesn't like the kind of fruit forward stuff, which is fine. Like, the, it's obviously coffee to me is like what makes you happy. Like, what makes you feel good? There's a nostalgia with coffee and some people don't want light roast. Mm -hmm. Some people don't want to taste like, you know, blueberry gummy bears or whatever. But like, there's a dynamic to coffee that is so cool and interesting. I also really liked what you had to say about it, which was, meanwhile, reviewing your podcast on your podcast, um, (laughs) which was like the fair trade thing and the, And that whole thing is really complicated and complex. And there is a, and the last point I want to make, which follows up to that is there's a coffee Institute at Vanderbilt, Nashville Mm -hmm. that has a lot of really interesting information about what those co-ops do and how those farmers get paid. Because I think your interest is the same as like mine, which is like, okay, well if I pay six bucks for a cup of coffee, is the farmer making any of that shit or is it just everyone else yeah and a lot of times it's really everyone else yeah so anyway yeah man cool i mean your podcast is great the e40 episode was my favorite
1: he (laughs) he
2: is awesome yeah and and he uh uh earl stevens uh e40 you know that guy is the Biggest San Francisco 49ers fan. Biggest fan I've ever seen. He is. Seen. Huge.
0: Yeah, he's at all the games.
2: He's at all the games, like front all the row. time. And How does like, get
0: the tickets?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, and also he's a um, he's a, a, a Golden Nuggets fan too. Um, the Warriors. But, did I say Golden Nuggets? The War- fucking that's Denver. He's a Warriors fan. The uh, thing about
0: casinos, bro.
2: Yeah, he's going <laughs> to fucking gut me. He's gonna like, because I, cause I got it, I, I asked him, I was like, so are you an Oakland fan? And he just stopped, like looked at me like dead straight, he's like, who the fuck you talking to? <laughs> Brad, I'm a 49ers fan.
0: <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious that like when he started the, the podcast, he was like, cool business guy, like chilling, like pushing his brand and then at the end he was like, I'm going to the fucking studio right now. <laughs> it was so good. It was so lovely, man. It was so heartwarming to hear his like the transformation of like whiskey business guy to like I can't wait to go create some music. It was it was really cool. yeah. Cool. I love that.
2: His whiskey's good. His tequila's good. Uh, I mean, that guy doesn't get any enough credit in my opinion for his spirits acumen, his business acumen. He's yeah, he's
0: he's. he's I loved it, man. I thought it was really cool. But you have so many cool people, dude. It's a great podcast, and
1: well, I'm honored I pr- to be a I part. appreciate
2: of it. I appreciate that, uh, and you know, I've been I'm I'm a fan of yours. Been a big fan of yours. Like I said, your music uh, helped me get out of a stuck period. So I think that's. Uh, I'm excited to add you to the to the library of, of guests. Uh, yeah, man. It is time now, though, Amos. You got to choose. What's your favorite champion? Your champion.
0: I, I, I gotta say, like, I, I gotta go I gotta go big, big boy C. I gotta go All big right. boy C.
2: Going big. Larceny. Larceny is the champion for uh Ramos Lee. All right. Yeah. But you know, like you said Drink too much of it, you might uh, might, might end up in no oh, yeah. town, so you know, be careful. Yeah, yeah, way. no, no.
0: Like <laughs> I, my my champion wins one ring. That's it. It's done.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey man, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Um, it's Thank really you. great to to hang and for what is now becoming an hour and forty minutes. <laughs> I mean, woo! Good times, my friend. Good times. But, yeah, uh, man, lots of love, dude. Yeah.
0: You're, you're awesome, dude. I, I hope to see you in Louisville sometime.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, hit me up. Hit me up when you're in town, and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll take you to some nice places and, uh, uh, even maybe crack open a few barrels at a couple of
0: distilleries
2: and, uh, drink some whiskey. I would whiskey.
0: love that. I would love that.
2: Awesome, man. Well, cheers, my friend.
0: Cheers to you, my brother. I'm going to drink one. I'm going to drink one Philly style for you.
2: Oh, Philly style. The Michters straight out of the bottle. Boom. (laughs) Mm. You're the best, dude. Thank you. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Amos Lee. Incredible, incredible talent. Um, you can find clips of him playing at Bourbon and Beyond in 2017 on YouTube. Just a a wonderful, wonderful musician. But make sure you're downloading his new his new uh, album, uh, Dreamland, and uh, checking out some of his other other stuff too. I love his live album uh, at Red Rocks. So make sure you check that out as well. Uh, give him a follow on all the social media. Tell him that you listen to the podcast. So. You know, he knows that you uh, were checking him out and listening and see what he had to say. But uh, that's going to do it for us this week, folks. Give us a review. However, get your uh, uh, your podcast. If you can, um, you know, uh, give us a follow on the social medias. That'd be a go a long way, too, to help the algorithmic overlords. But I appreciate you all for downloading and listening. Be safe out there. Remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody.
1: You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by 291 Colorado Whiskey and by Mictors. For more information about Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.